0: Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse, and yet nothing seems to really be helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery, and I'd love to share with you about these phases what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to www.rachelgrantcoaching.com and get your nine-page guide today. Now, on to our show. For those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007 and am the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. I work with survivors who are sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable, and I help them let go of the pain of the past and move on with their lives. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at www.rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, today I am so excited to have here with me my guest, Terry Cranford. And not only is she a guest, she is a dear friend. And Terry and I have known each other for many years. And back when my business was just a little fledgling of an idea, she was just a powerhouse of a woman that really stepped into my life as a mentor and an encourager. And just absolutely believed in what I was doing. And beyond that, she is just so loving and so graceful and just, you know, one of those people who you immediately fall in love with as soon as you meet her. And we have the great pleasure of having her here today to really talk with us about um, how to have an, empower, an empowered way to experience the beginning and end of relationships. So we, before we get to that topic, I want to tell you a little bit more about Terry. She is the creator and owner of a company called Living Yoga. She provides life coaching and yoga services to inspire the choice for love under all circumstances to awaken humanity to joy. As a passionate advocate of yoga, Terry has been trained in Ashtanga Yoga. She studied in India with Master Patabi Joyce. She has 20 years teaching in fitness environments, 15 years focused you know, on yoga programs, and she is a center of excellence trained life coach. And with all of that expertise, she's been able to go out into the community and share her wealth of knowledge and experience with people and companies like Pacific Fertility Center, Blue Shield, Club One Fitness. Sacred Health Cathedral Preparatory. So, you know, she's just out there in the world spreading love, spreading joy, and health and well-being. And I can't wait to hear what she has to say about how we can enter into relationships in a very conscious, intentional way, and even cooler, I think, how we can leave relationships in the same way. So let's get to it. Terry, welcome so much. Thank you for being here.
1: Good morning, Rachel. Wow, what a lovely, inspiring intro, and it's such a privilege to be here with you today.
0: So, Terry, thanks for that. And, you know, where I want to get started today is, you know, what we're going to be digging into is this idea of relationships. And one thing that I know as a survivor of abuse is that that was an area of my life that was quite a mess for quite a long time. (laughs) And so one of our goals today is to share with the listeners some really great strategies and, and perspective about relationship that will help them really enter into and leave relationships in a very empowered way. So as we get started, um, I'd love to hear, first of all, you know, what, what led you to exploring this topic and, and developing ideas uh, about this? How did you find yourself here?
1: Well, I have this uh, great blessing, actually, of being coached by a mentor for the last 25 years who taught me many of the life coaching, life skills that I use in all of my relationships today and coach clients with. And a lot of it's about being authentic and clear and healing to the joy, I think, that I always feel, and I'm in Rachel's presence. So Um, it's being able to have the courage. A lot of it was the courage for my own self to heal using these different processes and tools, and then to observe how I could formulate clarity and authenticity and healing in all my relationships. That's all my relationships career, family, health, Mm -hmm. with money, with time, with my body. You know, we are in a myriad of relationships every day. Um, And being very purposeful, like knowing my purpose for all of my relationships so that whenever I uh, have an opportunity to enter into a new relationship, I, I know that this is on purpose for me as Mm -hmm. an individual or not. And so my life through this, Rachel, has become very um, clear, Use that word a lot, Um, more easeful, very spacious, continually growing in the joy department. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I have also personally uh, had the opportunity to consciously enter into two significant marriages, I will say, in my life, and to consciously allow the relationships to end as well. And then, of course, to be able to have the really inspiring opportunity to support clients to do the same.
0: Mm -hmm. Did I answer your question? You did. Yeah, thank you. So we've got kind of these two sides of this coin, conscious coupling and conscious uncoupling. And I think even this idea of conscious coupling is something very unique that you teach and and that you have a perspective on. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that means and how we know if we're doing it or not doing it? (laughs)
1: Sure, of course. Um, And it's a practice, (laughs) ongoingly for sure. Um, The way that I work with, let's say, couples, who are looking to, whether it's marriage or whatever form of union that they're looking to experience, is I have them, Rachel, individually write down a list of their expectations of the relationship, themselves, of the other person, So they create this list of their expectations. And then I have them write their purpose you know, what they want to be in the relationship, what is it they want to do, and what do they want to have an experience of with this individual. Then I'd have them write a list of their wants. What do they want? A list of their needs. What do they need? A list of their fear. Mm -hmm. And from, you know, just this awareness piece, like, I mean, that's, you know, I'm not sure how many people, you know, get taught to really look that deeply into what they expect in a relationship and need and fear and want and divine their purpose going into relationships. It's always so easy. You fall in love and everything Mm -hmm. looks rosy and And I know that feeling and it's really magnificent. (laughs) (laughs) And when you add that together with this awareness piece, Mm -hmm. um, I'm out of the mind that, we get to have the experience that, you know, is at our heart Mm. and that really is unique to us. And then once they have, you know, kind of culled around and dug around within to define these things, um, is to help them, to support them, to create goals that, you know, they can own the type of relationship they want create like instructions of how they operate that they would be sharing with their partner about how they operate and how they intend to show up. And then a commitment statement, like how committed Mm -hmm. are they to the relationship? And then once, yeah, each, it's so, it's so exciting. Once each of the partners have completed this opportunity, they come together And they share. I mean, imagine getting this aware before you go through it, right? Right. And then they have an opportunity to co-create a purpose statement. Mm. Because there's the two individuals, Rachel, that are coming together and, you know, it's like they're co-creating something anew. Right, right. And what's really fun about this is the next level is that to be able to refer back back to, you know, this honest, clear, authentic share as they move forward in the relationship.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love this. It's (laughs) like a user's manual.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So so, uh, what I heard you say there was this like it's almost like these three three categories. It's like having time by yourself to think about like your um expectations and your hopes for your partner and your relationship, the general goals that you have for being in relationship, and then checking in with kind of your level of commitment um that they you know kind of get to do that as individuals and then come together and create this united vision
1: yes. Yeah. And if I may give you a very inspiring example.
0: Yeah, please.
1: (laughs) When um, my former um, husband came to America from Nepal, um, we met with my coach, and she asked him what, you know, percent of the relationship, and this is all very new to him because, you know, coaching, you know, America, I mean, Mm -hmm. so much newness, so I really just adore his courage and his open-mindedness and commitment. And I asked him what percentage of the relationship he was happy with, and he said 75%. Well, of course, I peered over at him (laughs) and looked at him and said, really, let's hear more about the 25. And she said, so what's the 25? 25. And he said, well, I have difficulty with Terry's impatience. Mm-hmm. And so her offering to him was, which he got in the moment, which was so amazing, which took me years, frankly, to get my arms around, was that she said to him, would you be willing to be patient with Terry's impatience? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He said to give to me, I mean, many levels, but... That was a huge mm-hmm. gift that he gave me by being honest, going in. This was before our marriage. This was the premarital marital coaching. that he honestly came to the table and gave me a percentage of what was working for him mm-hmm. and then what he was willing to do. So there's no okay. victims, right, fully responsible
0: right. for the experience
1: right. he wanted to have. Love that. And I'm not kidding. He taught me many things, but one thing he totally modeled for me was patience, and I attribute my level of patience today to him.
0: Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great story. And what it brings to mind for me is the the fact that both of you were sitting in the place of choice. Uh, and I love what you said there, like neither of you then get to kind of play the victim. And I think that's something really important for us survivors to pay attention to because we can very quickly start relinquishing the fact that we have choice. We can start to feel like things are just always happening to us and we don't have any say. Um, but what I love about this particular um, exercise or approach to entering into relationships is that you really have to step back and go, all right, like I'm creating this. I'm making choices here. I'm deciding what I want and what I don't want and um, and that there's real power in doing that.
1: I have an example to a few clients that honestly, Rachel, had come down to that last step of the, how committed they were. Mm-hmm. And when they got real, they realized that they were not willing to commit of the relationship, and it was a wow. good thing to know.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely, said, yeah. Had, ha-
1: yeah, had the courage and the you know strength to you know really you know look very deeply into what their needs, wants, and fears, etc., and hear their partners. And you know, sometimes when you try to co-create a purpose statement, I mean, people just get frozen. And say, oh, you know, wow, I can see that. You know, I, I cannot um, commit to this. And then on the other hand, when you are, when someone has an opportunity to co-create a purpose with someone, you know, imagine the level of commitment that creates.
0: So, Terry, what would you say to um, to single women or men? Is this something that they should be thinking about um, before they even are, you know, with someone?
1: I Definitely, definitely. I coach um, single people, male and female. So they would the opportunity would be to move through the same process, um, just looking at what you would like in a partnership.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: So you're, you're you're relating to a partnership,
0: so yeah. that
1: you're really clear when you meet someone. You're like, oh, wow, I can see right away that. That's off-purpose for me, you know, yeah. whatever they're feeling or experiencing, you know. So absolutely great point. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay. And if you are in a relationship, well, you know, how how soon do you recommend that people do something like this? Is this like first date? Is this uh, <laughs> a month into the relationship? Do you have any suggestions as far as, you know, like when somebody would want to approach having this sort of conversation with their partner?
1: Great question. And I want to add that what has happened many times is that the unique partnership form has been created as well through this process. You know, this doesn't have to be married or not. You know, it can be married in some type of form that you create. It could be not married but partnered in many forms that you can create. And, you know, that gets to be revealed as well. Um, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend that, and, and I do, that individuals have this process, clarity process. It's a map, really, of creating a map. Um, and then at a certain point, I think that, you know, it would be a level of trust and... The time, of course, can depend on the individuals, but when you start thinking, oh, okay, I trust this person enough to really share these aspects about myself mm-hmm. and want to hear about it from them.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I, okay. I have in mind, yeah. and I, you and I did some work together many minutes ago around the natural flow of a healthy relationship. Right. Yeah. You know, and at first, you know, you're. Uh, just getting acquainted, right? You're attracted, then there's acquaintanceship and um, just kind of a river kind of flowing and moving to kind of playmates, having fun together, you know, allowing time and space and, and then moving slowly to what could be, you know, the depth of the ocean. You know, and again, just being really aware as you move along through these mm-hmm. different phases of mm-hmm. a healthy flow of mm-hmm.
0: relationship. Got that. So, what I love
1: about this, if, I was going to say, in other words, is you find that you are a type of person that moves very quickly to intimacy. You would check in to see is that some, is that on purpose for you? You know, did that come up mm-hmm. in your clarity process to move quickly,
0: mm-hmm. or did it not? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I love that, and that's a that's a big deal for sure. Uh, that that whole pacing of relationships, um, because I certainly know for me as a survivor of abuse, there was it was sometimes like straight to the gut, you know, straight to the deepest mm-hmm. level so quickly but it really didn't serve me at the end of the day I you know made poor judgments about who to who to go there with right and then ended up getting you know hurt as a result and so I love this level of awareness that you're really teaching and bringing to this process of you know getting into relationship and developing a relationship so you know and we all love happy endings but sometimes Um, things don't go the way that we thought they would. (laughs) And the relationship, you know, comes to an end or we discover that, you know, that that's really the next step that we need to make. So I want to turn our attention to this idea of conscious uncoupling. Can you tell us more about, you know, what you mean by that?
1: Absolutely. So we can unconsciously start a relationship. We can unconsciously end one.
0: Mm-hmm. Or we can
1: consciously begin one and choose to consciously have a relationship in. Mm-hmm. And just from my own personal experience and professional experience, um, just to begin with, just the idea that relationships can begin and that relationships can end, I've the mind lends a lot of grace and gentleness over both of those experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, I had the personal experience of having the opportunity to shift from being married to, we shifted to co-parents. I have a 13-year-old son, and this happened three years ago. And oh, it was so inspiring to be able to use the same life tool that I just described. Mm. I, You know, I did it for myself. Okay, my, my, what are my expectations to be a co-parent? What is my purpose mm-hmm. for being a co-parent? What are my wants, needs, and fears? What are my goals? What's, how do I operate? And what is my commitment? Sharing them with what was soon to become my former husband. But with the most of the baby rest of my life, my co-parent, you know, and how valuable right. that relationship wants to be, not just sure. for the children, but what i learned, Rachel, is that we go into a relationship with so much, you know, joy and kindness and love and passion. Why does that all have to be wiped away in a just mm. because a relationship needs or wants to end? Mm. So powerful. And he, I have to acknowledge, you know, my son's father, uh, my former husband, that he showed up. I shared with him what I, you know, needed and wanted and what I was willing to do to attain that. And um, it has been so enlightening. I mean, I almost, my son, I'm not sure really, I'm certain he was not negatively affected at all. We speak highly about each other we speak lovingly about each other, meaning mm-hmm. my former husband and I well, purposefully. Because mm-hmm. the purpose statement was for us to thrive
0: mm-hmm. as individuals
1: in our new co-parenting role and new form of family. And so we just celebrated myself, my son, his father, and his new wife, who is going to have a baby. <laughs> so Driving and expanding. <laughs> my son's 13th birthday, all together with friends and family, which was a vision of mine three years ago, and we mm. manifested it. And yeah. I mean, how fun! I took a picture with my son and his got his uh, stepmother. I'd like to change that name, by the way, yeah. stepmother. You know, <laughs> and shared it with everyone. Said, you know, my son and his mom. You know, mm. so mm-hmm. it's basically our lives have. Expanded expanded, yeah. everyone's thriving, and uh, I'm really proud of that. And so then the opportunity to support others to have that similar experience is truly a privilege.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm it's, it's an absolute inspiration to imagine that you can have that sort of, um, you know, compassion, uh, resilience, uh, awareness you know, in the midst of also experiencing the reality of the pain and the hurt uh, and the loss of a relationship. And um, I definitely think having that kind of structure and that guide to support you in that transition makes a lot of sense and going through thinking about, okay, you know, what's essentially like what's next for me, uh-huh.
1: Um
0: and you know in the in the, the the example you described it's almost like changing roles right of of the relationship what would you say how does this apply for somebody who like the relationship is really just coming to an end there's no further connection going to be happening with that person how does that process change for somebody in that sort of situation if at all
1: yeah, what I, thank you, what I learned, one of the greatest gifts of this experience, and there are many, is that love is unchangeable, that the form of the relationship wanted to change. Mhm. And that mm-hmm. is pretty powerful. I mean, I don't know, I don't have anything else to say about that.
0: You know, (laughs) drop (laughs) the mic, drop the mic.
1: (laughs) We get that, and, you know, a lot of things are going to shift. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let's repeat that. I think that's a really important part, uh, important concept and perspective to reiterate here. Love does not change how we feel for a person does not necessarily change the form of the relationship and how we're connecting with that person or the role that they play in our lives does change or can change yeah yeah love is unchangeable when you have that sort of perspective what do you notice uh, opens up for people what are they able to do that they're not able to do when the opposite is the perspective that they're holding like oh I'm you know I've lost love or now I'm unlovable or mm-hmm. whatever the opposite would be
1: or be ashamed of the experience or oh yeah I mean, I'll, I'll tell you none of that like I mean my experience was so powerful because I had that you know mantra if you will you know Allow the relationship to change, but know that love remains. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, there was very few people that, you know, kind of wanted to diss my husband. Or <laughs> <laughs> No way. No way. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's you're, yeah. you're only going to diss the, the person who I lived with for X and Y years and created a son with and had beautiful relationship until it needed to end. So it 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 really it's like this um kind of love I don't know what you call it um shield mm. <laughs> uh, love defense I don't know yeah. that was around me and that shone through to everyone that I, there was no shame mm-hmm. there was no judgment you know,
0: it wants to be, it kind of bubbles around you, you know, but you're like, I'm not going to live that. Yeah. Not it's almost like that. this uh, anti-animosity. Like, it, it helps you stay grounded uh, in this space of um, in in staying grounded in that place of, like, I have loved this person. You know, this this person has been wonderful in many ways. And, of course, there are relationships out there where that's not what's going on here, but um, but in the case where that is, it's been a loving relationship and it's just, you know, the time has come for whatever reason that the relationship needs to transition. Um, there's this idea that in the space of love, we can make really beautiful choices for ourselves and for each other um, and perhaps avoid some of the further pain and hurt and that comes when we fall into anger or animosity.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And how that. you
1: feel is your guide. You know, mm-hmm. If I feel yeah. a victim, or do I feel anger? Do I feel like I'm suffering? Uh, I mean, I, I purposely want to like. That's not my purpose for this experience. Okay. I doubt anyone wrote down right suffering. I want suffering. I want shame. <laughs> I want, right. Right. So go back to my purpose. Read my purpose. Do what I need to do to shift from, you know, the fear to love. Mm-hmm. And that's a practice. That is an ongoing mm-hmm. practice. And this mm-hmm. experience has refined my ability to do that. And I'm of the mind. That's the gift of... Can, can that be an awesome, beautiful, Lee box present mm-hmm. gift from the ending of... Allowing the ending of the relationship and choosing for it to be loving...
0: Remain loving. Now, Terry, how would you how would you advise someone who's in an abusive relationship, and their partner really is, um, a, you know, not loving? <clears throat> There's other either physical, emotional, or even sexual abuse going on in the relationship, or you know maybe the partner is dealing with drug addictions or, or something, and so the relationship is ending. You know, not on a um. You know, kind of one, uh, the beat that we've been talking about, but it, it really is like a falling apart of things, and the person almost needs to leave for their their own safety. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, this idea of sitting down with that person is uh, and having you know this kind of uh, conversation about conscious uncoupling just sounds like so out of the world, <laughs> right?
1: Right.
0: Um, how does somebody in a situation like that kind of navigate this for themselves?
1: Great question. And not to um compare, but um ending my relationship and I was not easy. Not mm-hmm. like some um, little skip in the woods. Right. Um, I would recommend that they get out the paper and they write down what you know, that their expectations of a you know, relationship is. Mm-hmm. What's their purpose, wants, needs and fears. And it and it's they might be getting support in how to transition. I think it would be really powerful. Someone that's done it, you know, someone they trust. Um, I think it's really important. Um, but when you write down those things, it gets real clear. I don't. I don't think the person, you know, writes down. I want to be abused. Mm-hmm. I want to live in fear. Right. Mm. Um, And a big piece is just we can shift the way we think where we allow relationships to end in order for the person to thrive. Right. You know, maybe thriving is something that's important to them, and are you thriving? Is the other person thriving? Mm
0: -hmm. Are mm-hmm. you
1: thriving together?
0: Right. I love that because, really, and in a lot of ways, you can use these series of questions to help you figure out if the relationship co- should continue or not. Uh, it can help you get clarity about that. The other thought that came to mind was this is something that you know I, I know you do with people at the beginning of relationships. But do you recommend that uh, that couples, you know, revisit these questions, like, every year or so <laughs> and kind of check Absolutely. in and, and see, like, if we're still on the same page? Mm.
1: Absolutely. Revisit the purpose. Revisit your goals and, and maybe you've mm-hmm. attained them all and you're attaining and revisit, you know, how you operate. I am joy, I am open-minded. I am generous. I am kind instead of looking for the other person for those qualities, right? Mhm,, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know adjusting things creating new goals, maybe there's a new fear that's come up that's revealed itself,
0: right, you create right. a
1: goal so that you're living outside of the fear, and it so creates so much intimacy, Rachel, to be able yeah. to write it down and then share that, oh, I have a fear that oh, I need to share this with you and and you know, I'm going to own, you know, what I need to do in order to live outside of this fear. But, you know, the beauty of being authentic is that when we're truthful and honest with another individual, that allows that other individual to be truthful and honest and authentic with absolutely. us. It's intimacy building, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So
1: absolutely, Coach Rachel. <laughs> the purpose and the commitment, yeah. and yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I love that because I think one of the traps that we fall into in relationships is we think, oh well, this is the way it's been, so this is the way it's always going to be. But especially if you're spending, you know, five, ten, twelve years, fifteen years with a person, you are not going to be the same, and you know who what you want and who you are. Like that's all evolving and. You know, I think it is true that sometimes people evolve in relationships and then they were compatible and then now they're not because of where they are and what they want want now. And so being able to, to look at it from that perspective of, hmm, like where are we still aligned? Are we still aligned or, you know, are we moving? And being okay with that. You know, I think there's a lot of resistance. Um, I know particularly for survivors because a huge piece of our puzzle is like, how do, how do I make, how do I create safety and stability, right? And how do I guarantee that for myself? And sometimes we go about that the wrong way. And one of those ways is trying to kind of lock everything in. Like, okay, this is it. This is how it's going to be. It's going to stay this way. <laughs> yes. and, and, you know, when we become petrified of, you know, transition and change and loss or the risk and so, you know, what I love and what I'm so present to in just hearing you share about this model is that it gives us this way of approaching all of those things with a mindfulness, with an awareness and with a peace of mind about it. Like it's OK. There's nothing bad or wrong here. You're just checking in to see, you know, where you're at with yourself and with your partner. I love that.
1: Yes, exactly. To highlight one of the things that you just shared is that the only thing we know that's a constant is change. Mm-hmm. So you can Ooh. know that you're going to change. You know right. that your partner is going to change. Know that your relationship must evolve. I mean, we are mm-hmm. continually evolving. So in other words, if you... Broke in your first exercise. I expect no change. <laughs> <laughs> Which who, you know, who would get really real with that? But at least you could become aware. Okay, so let me
0: check in on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? Oh my gosh, super cool, super <laughs> cool. So, any final thoughts for for folks today? Anything that you want to make sure people really kind of get or take away from our conversation today? Um, I
1: um, know for certain, and I think it's really powerful as evolving individuals, uniquely evolving and creating unique relationships that we do with others, again, with money, with our bodies, with time, is to look for mentors, look for coaches, look for support in whatever form, You know, we don't have to do this alone.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, look at, you know, people, you know, that you're attracted to how they live, how they make decisions, how they walk through a room, how they manage their relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. And lean
1: in. Lean in.
0: Love that. And, uh, yeah, that
1: would be it. (laughs) Well, that's
0: good. (laughs) That's great advice, absolutely. So Terry, thank you so much just for being here today and sharing your perspective about um, relationships. It's really so fresh, and I love it. And I want everybody who's listening to know that you can reach out to Terry, especially if you're noticing like, wow, I really want to do that work, and I want some support around that. Um, you can reach her at Terry at LivingYoga.biz. So T E R R Y at livingyoga.biz. And you can also go to livingyoga.biz, the website, to learn more. And a couple of things I want to tell you about that are coming up that are other ways to connect with Terry and learn even more from her is, first of all, in uh, February, coming around February 2017, Terry is going to be facilitating an extraordinary Valentine's seminar called "I Dare You to Love Yourself." Love that title! So, uh, to learn more about that, uh, go to her website and check it out. Or is there another way that you would like people to connect uh, if they're interested about the se- the seminar?
1: Yes, so you can follow also our friend uh, me at Terry Cranford, T-E-R-R-Y, C-R-A-N, F is in Frank O-R-D, at Living Yoga on Facebook.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, so there's that. And then next month, Terry is going to be on as a guest blogger. So my Return to Your Genuine Self blog, uh, Terry is going to be writing about a very interesting and important topic. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Terry?
1: Absolutely. Um, I um, coach a Mothers of Sons project. And what a privilege that is indeed. (laughs) And Rachel's asked me to support parents around their experience of abuse in their past and how that informs their parenting, et cetera. Um, There's a quote that really is meaningful to me, and it's what children hear and feel from their mothers and fathers about maleness or femaleness Shapes them into the kind of person they will become. So it's so you know the thoughts and feelings that one as a parent mm-hmm. holds is informing our children and uh, mm-hmm. you know, individuals that they will become. So it's important to be aware you know, of those thoughts and feelings and
0: beliefs. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So make sure you check out the blog next month if you're a parent or you know parents uh, who you've been through abuse and you're really um, wanting to be conscious and aware of how that experience might be influencing or impacting your parenting and what to do about that. So um, you can find the blog uh, from my website, rachelgrantcoaching.com, under the um, resources tab. And again, Terry, just thank you so much for spending this time with us today. It was so wonderful to connect with you again. Um, And thank you, everybody, for tuning in and joining us. Don't forget to visit RachelGrantCoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to explore the other resources available on the site. And please be sure to subscribe to this podcast because we have so much more to share. And until next time, take good care of you.